welcome to Emotional Intelligence at Work, brought to you by Genos International. Hey, Ben. Hi, Marie. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm really excited to be here and talk about the 20-year history of the company and, and where it's going in the future. Your 20th birthday. Yeah. How exciting. Old. <laughs> How old were you when you started, dare I ask? Literally about 28. So, How far um, was that far out of uni? I was really still at uni when the business started. And so uh, the university actually appointed someone else to run the business in the early days, yeah. um, a guy named Jim Hunter. And uh, he made a fantastic contribution uh, in really getting the business established in those days. I played more of the uh, person who ran certification and did yeah. debriefs yep. and things like that. But, uh, yeah, so it was first in the very early days it was actually ran out of the university. So in fact, tell me about that. Did the uni start the business? How, how did it work? And which uni? We should mention which uni. Yeah, Swinburne University in Melbourne. How it all really started, I guess, was I didn't want to be an academic. I always wanted to do something practical. Um, my supervisor, Constow, puts Daniel Goldman's book in front of me, and it was literally 1996. So, um, you know, it had only been around for a year, mm-hmm. and I fell in love with the concept. Mm. And so Con kind of had a neuropsych and an assessment background, and I quite got quite interested in the assessment side of things and started looking at the assessments that were available back mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. and thought, gee, none of these have been normed for the Australian population. So it sort of all started out more actually looking at and providing psychometric analyses of the different instruments that were available at that time. Mm-hmm. And that's when Con and I really saw an opportunity. I didn't think any of them were actually very good. <laughs> none of them had been designed specifically for the workplace. And so the opportunity that I saw was developed, not only the first Australian model and measure of emotional intelligence, but the first model and measure of emotional intelligence that was really specifically designed for workplace applications. And, uh, yeah, that's how it all started. Now, the other interesting fact we should talk about, before the business actually got going, Con and I were selling the assessment literally out of the university and putting it into research funds, and that was funding not only uh, further research, but also great business class trips around the world and laptops and <laughs> business and all university sorts of flying people business class. Wow! And, uh, well, they weren't. They, we were really doing it because we could. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and and then of course it all got a bit more serious than that, and so we needed to form a company, and that's how Genos actually came around, which is an ancient Greek name. It doesn't have a, a direct translation, but. Um, it really encapsulates the three values of the company, generosity of spirit, kindness and care. And that's really what has guided the development of the company from a values perspective. So back then, was it hard to sell the concept of emotional intelligence to leaders or workplaces? No, it was actually very easy. Um, you know, Daniel Goleman's book really was a number one bestseller. In fact, it's still today one of the most widely read social science books in the world. Wow. And, and back in those days, you know, you'd say you're putting on a, a webinar around emotional, not a, web, a face-to-face <laughs> workshop on emotional intelligence or that you were creating an assessment and needed people to get involved and people were falling over themselves. Right. Um, to come. So, you know, that, I mean, the very first consulting project that we ever did that also partly was the reason why the company was founded was with ANZ Bank. John McFarlane had taken over ANZ Bank um, and as the story goes, uh, decided to run what's called a classic 
service profit chain strategy within the business. He noticed that the banking world of Australia back in the early 2000s was very transactional in, mm. in its nature, and he wanted to be the bank with the human face. Mm-hmm. And uh, in doing so, to become more human on the inside so that the bank uh, was more human in how it dealt with its customers. And we debriefed the top 55 executives at ANZ Bank and certified an internal team mm. who then um, kind of took a lot of the philosophy of emotional intelligence and other things through that program. One bank of the year, retail bank of the year, eight years in a row. Wow. Doubled the share price in the first 18 months. Wow. That project really did help put Genos on the map because it was very much in the press. Um, it was very high profile. Yeah. I debriefed personally with Colin Pitt, and I should call out Colin and Nigel, who were our partners at the time who helped us execute that project. We went in and debriefed John McFarlane himself. And to give you a sense of him, he spent about two and a half hours around his assessment report. He was the nicest person out of the top 55 to um, to debrief. One of the things that impressed me a lot, he had his values and purpose behind his computer in a kind of a mural. Oh, wow. And we said, tell us about that, John. And, and he said, well, at this level, you know, you get invited to lunch every day, dinner every no- evening, and you can get pulled in all sorts of different directions. Mm. I just had the premier on the phone before you came in. He said, you know, you need to make quick decisions but thoughtful decisions and looking up and looking at these values and the purpose and really saying, well, is what's being asked of me fit with the values and the purpose of the bank? Mm. Does what's being asked of me fit with my values and purpose mm. and so on? And that was re- that really hit me that as something that really uh, I've taken away from me and I've always tried to employ that a little bit, not only in my own uh, work, it's just behind me here, but also in our programs leading with EI. It's still today one of the activities that we do and one of the stories that we tell uh, around that. So That's a great first project. Oh, yeah. Then there were many other things to do with that. I remember one debrief, uh, a very high-profile person who, uh, you know, used to see on the news at night saying, uh, emotional intelligence, you've got to be kidding me, it's a bloodbath up here. And, you know, kind of really not engaging properly in their debrief at all. And so we shut the report and said, okay, well, you know, maybe um, this isn't the right time and place for this now. Anyway, a few days later, the person rang back and said, I'm ready for the debrief now. And as the story goes, the backstory was McFarlane was very resolved around that strategy of becoming the bank with the human face. And I hazard a bet that what happened was McFarlane said, well, you're either on this bus or you're not. Mm. That's why we got the call to come back and do the the debrief. (laughs) Yeah. Lots of great lessons, not only in that project, but in many of the project works that we do. We see the best of organisations yeah, and, bet. believe me, we see the worst. I bet. What's What's been one of the most challenging experiences over the last 20 years? I think bringing together very dysfunctional leadership teams is always very challenging. The most challenging assignment, funnily enough, is where the chief executive officer or very senior management really buy into the concept of emotional intelligence, Mm -hmm. actually think they live it in how they behave and conduct themselves, but they actually don't. So they're being both a champion of it and a railroader, if you like, all at the same time. Mm -hmm. That can be very, very challenging. Um, I've always said to our clients that you've got to get senior management very on board but not just intellectually, they've actually got to live it. Hmm. And secondly, you can't just 
bring in an L&D program without really connecting it to the OD side of the business. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean, you've got to really, if you want to get bang for buck, and customers who have done this really have got very good return on investment, you've got to make sure that there aren't things going on that are annoying and frustrating people and bringing up unpleasant emotions unnecessarily. So, you know, you've got to have good systems and processes. Yeah. You can't have the CEO and the leadership team asking people to be more emotionally intelligent, but they're not carrying themselves that way, not promoting people on the basis of being a good people leader uh, and things like that. You know, like if you're still promoting based on the amount of value you create in the business, but you create it in a railroading kind of way, Mm. do you know what I mean? You've got to get the stars aligned is how I like to talk about it. Yeah, The single most challenging thing I or do do if I if I can tell you that I personally <laughs> yeah. uh, did. We were engaged by probably the single biggest law firm in the country to do debriefs of senior associates, and uh, I personally got involved in this work and was doing sort of five or six debriefs a day. And on the last day of the week, after about three days straight of this, uh, I had a debrief with someone, and it was going swimmingly well. You know, this young um, senior associate in this big law firm very engaged in her assessment report, um, asking lots of questions, including asking me, you know, wow, you've been doing this all week here. You know, what are some of the insights and reflections that you've had? Mm. And I made the mistake of sharing some of those insights and reflections. And, you know, at the time, I think it was in context. It wasn't, you know, kind of out of place. But later on that evening um, was the end of the program kind of dinner. This senior associate just happens to sit next to the managing partner of the firm. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And um, <laughs> I see where this is going. He says to her, hey, how was your debrief with Genos? She said, oh, it was fascinating. It was so interesting. You know, I got a lot out of it myself. And gee, Ben's got some great insights into the culture of the firm. You know, he went on to say <laughs> X, Y, and Z. Anyway, to cut a long story short, you can imagine um, the HR director on the phone to me the next day, um, why are you reflecting on your, you know, kind of insights into the culture of the place with our seniors? Oh, it was just a nightmare. (laughs) I I thought I was about to get my (laughs) pants suit off. Um, I very quickly, you know, went and apologised to everyone. Um, It was very inappropriate in hindsight. Yeah, I think that's a little lesson over 20 years, it, you, you've got to remain very neutral. You've got to remain focused on the individual. Uh, it's not your place to share that those kind of insights with anyone, perhaps the most senior people, you know, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, wasn't my best day. But you've had many, many great days. I mean, I'm really in awe of the fact that you've got thousands and thousands of certified practitioners worldwide that have come on board. You've worked with the majority of the top end of town. You've worked with a lot of small businesses. You work with individual coaches. What do you think it is that has made you so attractive to these companies and, and to these individuals that they, they all want to be a part of Genos? Well, you know, I think it's the concept, obviously. I think uh, it's not hard to buy into the fact that work, like any major facet of life, can be a very emotional place. Uh, We all get stressed. We all get frustrated. You know, some of us blow our top. Uh, I think I tutored someone in the traffic the other day on a way to certification program and then realised it was one of the participants (laughs) in the program. Uh, But I think what attracts people to the business 
is firstly the concept, but then secondly, you know, what we've always tried to be at Genos is the Mercedes-Benz of emotional intelligence, a premium product that delivers a premium outcome. It's at a premium price point, but we've always tried to bring high-end design, high-end customer service and a high-end outcome by being really the best at the concept. And the thing I'm probably proud of most is of all the different assessment providers in in the space, when I say this, I mean those who provide an emotional intelligence assessment, mm-hmm. MHS, mm-hmm. for example, Talent Smart, and so on. We are the only EI-only company mm-hmm. to be on the American Training and Development's top 20 assessment evaluation companies in the world to work with. We're on that list with some of the biggest organisations, DDI, uh, Corn Ferry, yeah. uh, BTS. And you have been uh, for what, five years in a row, six years in a row? Five years yeah. in a row um, and, and, I, and I'm personally very proud of that, not only because it's a great accolade to have but because it reflects what we've always tried to achieve with EI, which is to be highly innovative, premium brand, uh, as I said, you know, the, the metaphor that we use here is to be the Mercedes-Benz of emotional intelligence. So, yeah, and we have had some fantastic experiences, absolutely. Let me tell you about the first overseas certification. Yeah, that we please. Um, we now, by the way, have certified about 7,500 individuals in 33 different countries, 28 different languages. Now, in the early days, um, that was me. I think I had one <laughs> year where I was at home for a week only. I was on planes all the time, flying around. I had a great uh, time, obviously, doing that. But my first certification overseas ever was in America. It was with a company called IPEC, the Institute for Personal Empowerment Coaching, and it was in uh, New Jersey. Yep. Flew over. It was December. As we're coming into LA, uh, there were all these delays and things because of the snow in, in New York. Anyway... On the trip from LA to New York, sat next to Jodie Foster just to, um, <laughs> you know, and as a 28-year-old kid, you can imagine kind of what, what that meant. That was pretty pretty special. But we land into New York. We meet people on the first morning there to deliver the certification. Yep. And um, the people that we were doing it at, with at IPEC were very, very excited because they'd been to an event the night before, an ATD event, and at the table they were sitting at, as you can imagine, people were introducing themselves and telling them what you're up to and so on. And they say to the table, oh, yeah, we're actually doing a certification in emotional intelligence uh, tomorrow morning. In fact, it starts. One of the people at the table was the head of learning and development for BMW North America. Right. We asked the question, um, Denise Swayer-Johnson, she says to them, oh, who have you got out here? And uh, they said, oh, we're doing it with Genos, Ben Palmer. Have you heard of them? There's little-known Australian company. She said, have I heard of them? <laughs> I've done my PhD project on the assessment here at BMW North America. So I knew Denise wow. and Ben and Don. So they were very excited because, you know, they've got this little-known Australian company over to do a certification. They sit down and start telling their clients. The first time they start talking about it publicly and, of course, the head of BMW North America Learning and Development already is using the assessment and doing things there. Uh, at the company and it kind of speaks I think to again one of the strengths of the company that I didn't really think about until stuff like that was the research behind it Mm. you know the research papers that we published about it were being read all over the world and that sort of you know even though we were still a little dot on them on the map so Mm. to speak as we went around and started talking 
not only just in Australia but around the world, yeah. there was a lot of people who already knew us from uh, the research work. So talk about marketing, Marie, and everyone as you might know, Marie, um, heads up our marketing. Well, research papers were one of the best ways <laughs> that we did our marketing in those days. And because they, they still not only are. And they still are. Attention, but the media yeah. got hold of them as well. Yeah. yeah. Ben, this was all inspired by a Daniel Goleman book. Did you ever get the chance to meet him? I have, yes. Um, Dan Goldman has a group called the Consortium for Research on Emotional Intelligence uh, that involves people like Richard Boyatzis and um, Kerry Chernus and who we've and, had uh, the great pleasure people. of interviewing on the podcast too. They yes. were great, great Absolutely. conversations. So you know, Dan sort of set that group up with uh, some colleagues of his, and uh, I became a part of that group and go to their meetings twice a year usually over in, at Harvard or in, at least in Boston. And, um, yeah, so I've met Dan many, many times uh, through that process. He's a, a wonderful, gracious, you know, person who talk about life experiences, you know, sits down with the Dalai Lama and other business world leaders and, and so on. So he's always a very inspiring person uh, for me personally, someone who's probably, you know, kept the wheels of this passion of mine uh, going for 20 years, along with obviously all the other great people and, and experiences that we have with it. You dropped some heavy B2B celebrity names in Richard Boyatzis and Dan Goldman and Kerry Chernus. Any other celebrities? Sorry, the pop culture junkie in me really wants to know. <laughs> have you come across any other any other celebrities in the in the mainstream world? Well, let me tell you about my favourite certification experience. Okay. We get this call out of the blue one day by this person named Ed, and Ed <laughs> says, hey, my partner is a life coach. Um, she happens to coach quite famous people like Oprah and, and others, oh, wow. and, you know, people on the Today Show and America and all this sort of stuff. Anyways, she said, and we'd like to bring a little bit more structure to the way in which we're working in that space. Mm. Would you come over here and do a certification for, for me? And I, um, in a typical John McFarlane sort of style, said, look, Ed, um, yes, very interested in it. Let me... Um, come back to you, mm-hmm. you know, put the phone down, do a little bit of research. So who is this Ed? This Ed is Ed Miller, Sienna Miller, the actress, <laughs> father. Okay. okay. So the dots start joining this partner's a life coach. She's coaching famous people. Right. He funds movies. Yeah. So I ring him back, said, Ed, yep, love to do the certification for you. Where would you like to do it? Oh, he said, look, we'd like to do it here at our house in St. Thomas in the Caribbean. Would you mind flying here to do it? I said, oh, Oh, you know, it's a bit of a pain in the ass, but yes, I'll um, I'll jump on my private jet I'll, and I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> so over I go, St. Thomas, booked a hotel and everything. He said, you can't stay in a hotel. You've got to stay here at the house with us. You know, the house is fairly a hotel. And, <laughs> and, uh, quite literally like a hotel, yeah, yeah, with beautiful views and all the rest of it. Anyway, we had a swimming certification um, after the certification, you know, would you like to go out on the boat uh, tomorrow morning? Uh, yeah, that'd be great. Um, walk down to the marina. The marina was a very long kind of marina, and as you're walking out, the boats just kept getting bigger and bigger <laughs> and bigger. <laughs> so this boat that Ed Miller's taking us out on is, of course, the very last boat at the end mm-hmm. of the pillar. It's mm-hmm. the sister ship to the presidential yacht, and out go the three of us, Ed Miller's friend, Ed and I, there were more people managing the boat than there were, so to speak, uh, enjoying the boat. <laughs> of the boat. Yeah. 
we just went around and did island island hopping, um, had some great cocktails. It was an amazing time. Then he says to me, where are you going next? I said, I'm going to New York. So I was going back to see IPEC and um, Denise at BMW. All this time there's been no talk of Sienna. Yeah. He says Were to you me, aware that she was his daughter at this? You oh, yeah, I'm yeah, fully yeah. aware. I'm not bringing <laughs> it up Right. He says to me, oh, you're going to New York. I've got an apartment in New York and my daughter's doing a movie there at the moment with a few people, um, Steve Brashemi, Matt Dillon. Would you like to come, given that's where you're going, I'm going to come with you. Would you like to come and stay with me at the apartment? We'll see if we can go out with, with, uh, for dinner with Sienna. So we go to New York, his apartment. That was just a fabulous experience. We go and meet Sienna for dinner. We rock up to this restaurant. There's no booking. They tell us, because Ed and I get there early, they don't recognise who he is, or me for that matter, and they're like, no, 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 no there's no bookies. You've got to book, you know, yeah. three months in advance and yada, yada, yada. This is downtown New York. She rocks up with uh, Matt Dillon and, of course, we're seated immediately. Oh, they're with us. Like that's my dream, right, to say, hey, they're with us. Make room. She's ordering bottles of wine that I know aren't going to go on my credit card in terms of the cost of yeah. them. And after about the third one, I was really starting to sweat. <laughs> Um, and get quite rowdy, as you can imagine. And, uh, yeah, anyway, she picked up the whole tab at the end of it. She was a fabulous uh, person. So, anyway. That's such sorry, a good story. But it was a, yeah. That's such yeah. a good story. Speaking of boats, when are you going to hop on a big yacht and sail into the sunset? Or do you see yourself being on the tools, as they say, for a while yet? I see myself being on the tools for a while yet. But I also see myself uh, doing the boat trip and remaining on the tools a little bit. I, you know, just to cut a long story short for everyone, I've had, always had this dream of um, sailing around the world and I intend to buy at some stage um, a nice big catamaran of my own and take my family around. But these days, Marie, you can put internet on the boat mm. and you oh can Oh, God, you're not going to work while you're sailing. You do a <laughs> webinar and I intend to do them <laughs> from some exotic locations around the world. I can't wait to do one uh with you from Tahiti or something. Oh, that'll be like funny, that. although it won't be remote. I'll find a reason why I need to be there in person. <laughs> what does the future hold, Ben? What what let's start with the the, the trends that you see emerging over the mm. next, you know, you know, immediate now over the next five years. I think the the trends that have been written about some years ago, back say two thousand and nineteen, are really starting to come true now. So Firstly, we thought there was going to be this huge increase again in emotional intelligence because of automation, artificial intelligence, machine-led learning. In other words, a lot more of the thinking aspects of jobs is going to be taken over by machines. Yeah. And so what's going to be left is a lot more of the interpersonal side of work. You know, yeah. a machine can come up with a great business strategy, but it can't execute that strategy because a machine can't do the social persuasion, mm-hmm. get the buy-in and, and so on. And so... One of the trends that was talked about around sort of 2018-19 was we're going to see an increase in um, more generalist skills like the capacity to empathise, persuade, mm. influence and um, and inspire. And those things all really underpin a lot of emotional intelligence. And to some extent that is coming true, but it's been accelerated by, of course, COVID. So the, other, the, the big thing that's really driven... The business forward in the last couple of years, of course, is businesses much more strongly recognising the need to focus on well-being, mm. the need to make workplaces enjoyable, not stressful, mm. the need to make workplaces um, a meaningful 
aspect of people's lives and I think that organisations that aren't focused on that at the moment, is the workplace enjoyable? Is the workplace and is the work meaningful? And do people feel, um, you know, connected and part of something special? Mm-hmm. I think businesses that aren't focused on that at the moment are really going to get themselves into trouble from a talent attraction, a talent retention mm-hmm. point of view. As we sit here with a, an unemployment rate of 35 or 3.4% here uh, in this country, and that's not just here, it's around various parts of, of the world. So we're now competing for, for labour uh, of course, internationally. The other trend, I guess, in the EI space, obviously, is e-learning, which is very mm. boring uh, at the moment. But I think the future of e-learning will be more like stepping into a movie and through virtual reality style things, having your EI assessed and developed all at the same time. And that's one of the things Genos is really focused on at the moment. We need to get more into the e-learning space, but then make e-learning actually a really rich, fun um, and enjoyable yeah. um, thing to experience, which let's face it, it's kind of not yet, mm. but it needs to be. The The other trend that I see at the moment, Genos is a very still very much a business-to-business company and with the gig economy and I think the casualization and contractation, if I can use that word, of the workforce, Genos is going to need to be focused more on a B2C um, type uh, or, or have much more of a B2C uh, aspect to our company where an Uber driver can come to our site, have an EI assessment done, have an EI development experience done, or, you know, that, that person who's working for themselves in a contract capacity, they might have four or five different clients providing, dare I say it, marketing services or whatever, yeah. graphic design services, yeah. uh, that sort of individual I think will increasingly look to do learning and development with uh, companies like like Genos. I think they already do with some of our large partners like um, the Australian Institute of Training and Development and um, AIM, the Australian Institute of Management. Uh, you know, they are really focused in on those kind of uh, areas and um, we're very grateful for the relationships that we have with uh, our large partners like them. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of a, another part of the future. And finally... I see a focus more on particular emotions. Um, If you look into the world of emotions research at the moment, we've done a lot around how you recognise emotions generally and how you manage emotions generally, how you influence emotions generally. What we're starting to see is deeper dives on specific emotions, anxiety, frustration, um, defense and and specific behaviors that can come defensiveness egotistical behavior i think there's going to be more of a focus in on how you really perceive understand and manage specific emotions as well just to deepen up those that more generalist kind of approach that's taken at the moment yeah ben on the e-learning side of things you did recently um start to innovate in your own business and introduce things like um genos digital how's that going yes very, very good. Let me give the business case behind it first. If In 2019, Capgemini did a big sort of scan of the market on emotional intelligence, came to the conclusion that it's the essential skill for the next decade because of all the artificial intelligence machine led learning components. What year was that? that? Was that 2019, about. did you say? That was just before COVID right. hit. Yeah, so it was released really literally just before COVID. The other thing that Capgemini noticed about a market review was that most organisations had done something on emotional intelligence with 
senior management and leaders. And they really said in that art, in their published research that they did that there was a real need for businesses to push emotional intelligence down to frontline employees, particularly those who interact with customers Mm -hmm. and those that do emotional work. Think about the emotional work that goes on in aged care, for example. Think about the emotional work that goes on in schools. As a school teacher or as a school leader, you know, one minute you're promoting student of the week, the next you're dealing with a difficult parent, then you're trying to inspire the performance of your team, then you're pivoting to helping a student through a personal crisis, then you're pivoting to other kind of emotional situations. The same sort of thing goes on, I know, in a lot of frontline roles. To cut a long story short, we designed Genos Digital to give organisations scale and to provide um, something that not only took somebody through their assessment report in a virtual self-paced environment, but also help them create a really meaningful action plan. So that's kind of what Genos Digital mm-hmm. is. And Capgemini really drove that strategic and innovative uh, side of our business. We looked at that report, said, yes, organisations really do need to take this down. And when you go, the further down in an organisation you go, the larger the demographic of people yeah. working, obviously, and that's where, you you know, you might not have the budget to provide a personal debrief to everyone. So having an application that can really provide a, a pretty meaningful debrief, which is what Genos Digital is, it'll never replace me or any one of our yeah. 7,500 certified practitioners. Mm-hmm. It'll never um, do something better than a personal debrief, but it does a pretty good job for um, the majority and it allows organisations and our clients to work with equity, you know, so... If you did have the budget to provide a personal debrief to everyone, well, guess what? Not everyone needs a personal debrief. And some people need more than just a debrief. They need three or four coaching sessions or six. And so an organisation can now, with Genos Digital, take a data-driven approach to their L&D spend where they can say, well, for this group at this end, we'll do this. And for this group at this end, let's take a bit more of a focused approach and provide more of an rich learning experience. And you know, that really tickles my cheeks because uh, the tagline of the business has always been game-changing for business but life-changing for people. And, you know, sometimes people who don't demonstrate emotional intelligence very well really do need um, more of a step-up, if you like. And so to have clients providing that greater step-up for those who need it most um, is often quite life-changing for people, you know, because they go home and they're a better dad or they're a better mum, or they're a better partner, uh, and so on. And that's really what speaks to that tagline for business. You have done amazing work. Genos has done amazing work. I'd like to end by thinking about and talking about some of the people that have helped you along the way that make up yes. Team Genos. <laughs> There's been, uh, you know, a large number, and I'd like to say a big thank you to all our staff, but some people along the way, firstly, you know, Colin Pitt and Nigel Tanner and the team uh, that they had helping, you know, establish the certification program and doing that first project with ANZ that went very, very well and put us on the map. Then, um, you know, people like uh, Jim Hunter, who ran the business uh, in the early days, um, Mike Schwartz, who did the very first online version of our assessment, but then got picked up by people like Bob Hitching and then, most recently, James Gordon. James Gordon um, has made an incredible contribution to the business in giving us a survey platform that is GDR compliant, secure. We've never had our Optus situation, and God, God help us. Yeah. One. 
And that's not only thanks to James, but also his successor, Kostaba Mahanji, who now takes that on. Um, some other very special people who've been around the business, Richard Harmer, a colleague of mine uh, that many people will be familiar with here now, has his own business, the Holos Group. Richard, you know, about my age, and we were both kind of young and green and did a lot of very fun consulting work with each other. But Richard was very instrumental too in developing some of the earlier versions of our programs to help us really transform from being not just an assessment business but a development business mm-hmm. and um Pay a lot of gratitude to him. Marie-Jean, our, our uh, finance officer, has been very transformational in the back end of the business, helping it become a much better business, uh, if, if you like. The other thing that's very exciting is to see Genos North America and Genos Europe become very well-established and successful businesses in and of themselves. We had a couple of different goes at trying to get there. But uh, to Derek and Afa uh, in Genos Europe, not only have they got Genos Europe going, but they've been very instrumental in setting up, uh, you know, a large distribution network uh, in Europe and helping the instrument be translated into all those different languages, 28 of them. And Jeff and Debbie, who are really putting us on the map in America, helping us work with um, people like the Phoenix Suns NBA team, you know, helping take them from... uh, well, let's say a team towards the bottom of the ladder to a team um, that, you know, lost the grand final but at least got to the grand yeah, final. Right. They lost it to the Cowboys. I mean, what a project to be involved in, to really see the transformation of a basketball team. And, uh, yes, we've had um, the VP of operations on the podcast if anyone wants to go and look at the history and the, the story behind the Phoenix Suns. But... Um, Jeff and Debbie, you know, John Deere, um, City of Las Vegas, uh, you know, it's just some really iconic, fantastic American companies to see them engaging with our product and to see them helping make a difference to the lives of people in America with it and to see how Genos North America is, is growing is really great. So big shout out to Jeff and Debbie and all the efforts that they're doing uh, in Genos North America. The story could go yeah. on. There's so many. Um, that I could thank. Should obviously thank uh, Con Stow, who formed the business with me, his brother Fadon and John Tanner, um, and uh, yeah, to all our wonderful staff. The late Jill Workman, of course, who was quite instrumental in helping with the customer service side of the business. And finally, someone I should really mention is my partner in crime uh, at the moment, Ian Hamilton. Uh, Ian joined us a number of years ago now, um, but has really been a wonderful thought partner. Um, He's a very safe pair of hands, great facilitator. You know, it's really helped again grow uh, the business and is a fantastic support to me personally and uh, to others in the business. So, uh, and special thanks to you too. Ben, it's been such a great chat. I've really enjoyed it. And having had the great pleasure of working with you and your team, I can hand on heart say, not only are you guys such incredibly smart people, all of you. You're also the kindest and the nicest to work with. So happy anniversary. Congratulations for all your success. And I'm sure everybody agrees with me when I say we we just wish you nothing but the absolute best over the next 20 years to come. Thank you, Marie, and I'd like to thank you too. You may not know, but Marie does all the marketing <laughs> of Janice and her company has really transformed us in the last kind of uh, couple of years from a marketing perspective with fantastic ideas. Please 
don't come and work with that because we don't want it. <laughs> don't worry, I'm going to put uh, Oscar music you. over this whole bit. Uh, big thank you to you and all your team. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks to everyone who's been a part of the journey and who is engaged with Janos uh, at the moment. It's a very special thing.